It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and Merry Christmas from all at Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we get set to unwrap a Boxing Day feast of football. Glasgow in the West is the place to be with Rangers welcoming Kilmarnock and Celtic travelling to Paisley. Edinburgh's Derby is underway while Aberdeen and Motherwell are aiming to end the year in third. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio is Gordon DL, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans. The gloves are off. Appropriately enough on Boxing Day, Celtic and Rangers need to punch their weight against St Mirren and Kilmarnock respectively. And if they do That will set up The festive cracker To end them all At Celtic Park On Sunday But Could two teams On the slide Booby trap The road to the derby By administering A sucker punch Stranger things have happened Not many But you never know Even Santa Got stuck up the chimney One time <laughs> Brilliant you Absolutely fantastic No Merry Christmas To everyone I'm looking forward To the festive Football Gordon We're on our way already Hearts getting beat 2-0 with Hibs Surprise surprise but I think all eyes will be in Paisley and Ibrooks today. Uh, Celtic Rangers going head-to-head against St Mirren and Kilmarnock respectively. I'm expecting both teams to win that. And then we'll get the massive derby on Sunday when Hamilton come visiting Motherwell. <laughs> yeah, Gordon, it's always a, a great day for football. Boxing Day fixtures, maybe no f- for the players who really can't have time to, to relax. Always crucial fixtures. Usually difficult fixtures But today I think both Celtic and Rangers Are playing that well just now That I don't expect to see any upsets Team news coming in from around the grounds Let's start getting a flavour of the build-up Ibrooks first up Rangers against Kilmarnock Here's Jim Duffy and Andrew McLean Well Rangers know they can't slip up Going into Sunday's clash with Celtic And that's maybe reflected in their team news Steven Gerrard's not tinkering with things for today's game and as for their opponents it's been a nightmare at Christmas for Kilmarnock in recent weeks Alessio is gone they've lost their last three they've not scored in four Alex Dyer will really want to inject some enthusiasm before the winter break but they've got a big ask here at Ibrooks. as for team news unchanged from that 3-0 win against Hibs Rangers are so it's a 4-3-3 once again Alan McGregor starts in goal as a back four of James Tavernier Connor Goldson Nikola Katic and Borna Barisic the midfield three Scott Arfield Ryan Jack and Glenn Kamara with Joe Aribo and Ryan Kent supporting Jermaine Defoe up front on the bench Wes Fodringham George Edmondson John Flanagan Stephen Davis back from injury as is Jordan Jones Greg Stewart on the bench along with Alfredo Morelos who's back from suspension as for Kilmarnock they've made four changes and it's not an overly familiar lineup for them it's Laurenti Brunescu who starts in goal a back four of Ross Millen Alex Bruce Dario Del Fabro and Nico Heimelainen a midfield three of Ian Wilson Gary Dicker and Alan Power with Mo El McCreaney and Rory McKenzie supporting Liam Miller who's playing in a central role today the substitutes Koprovec Johnson Thomas Brindley Burke Brophy and so Jim Duffy how do you see this one going today? Yeah I mean I mean, Rangers I think the surprise maybe for, for some of the Rangers fans coming to, to the game today would be the fact is that Alfredo Morelos doesn't come straight back in I think most people probably thought that was the case although you know Defoe scored a fantastic goal uh, against uh, Hibs but uh, you know Stephen Gerrard was obviously delighted with that performance and uh, he's kept same again but the, the bench is much stronger now with Jordan Jones uh, Steve Davis and Morelos in particular all available to them so a very strong lineup from uh, Rangers and a very strong uh, supporting cast as well as far as command are concerned I mean it's a very unfamiliar side and uh, you know you said the biggest problem is they can't score a goal you know four games without scoring and I just can't see any way where they can do 
that today at Ibrox unless Rangers get sloppy and casual and I'm, I'm sure that uh, Stephen Gerrard will be emphasising to his players not to make that uh, not to allow that to happen but uh, for me I think Rangers have got the quality to, to win this game convincingly Rangers looking to keep that consistency Kilmarnock looking to cause a shock here at Ibrox kickoff is at 3 o'clock and in Paisley St Mirren against Celtic Craig Beattie and Alison Conroy have the teams yeah, it's no changes for either side for this one this afternoon. St Mirren unbeaten in three. That goalless draw with St Johnson at the weekend. Celtic, of course, beating Aberdeen as well. So for St Mirren, it will be Vladklav Haladke in goal. A back four of Ryan Flynn, Paul McGinn, Sean McLaughlin and Callum Waters. In the midfield, Cammy McPherson, Kyle McGinnis, Sam Foley and Aledke Dermis. Then up top, it will be Junior Murray and John Obika. On the bench for St Mirren, Linus, Steve McGinn, Andrew Djorkaev, Jameson Mullen and Cook. For Celtic, Fraser Forster in goal, a back four of Jeremy Frimpong, Chris Iyer, Chris Julian and Bolly Bolingoli. Then it'll be Scott Brown and Callum McGregor with the three of Ryan Christie, Olivia and Cham and James Forrest. The lone striker for Celtic, Odson Edward. On the bench, Gordon, Taylor, Beaton, Bauer, Rogic, Johnson and Griffiths. Craig Beattie, we look at these two teams, no changes. What can St Mirren do this afternoon to stop Celtic? This is, there's, there's no question this is a really, really difficult task for St Mirren today and I had a wee look through the, the goals that they've scored. They've scored nine goals at home all season as opposed to Celtic nine, 19 on the road. So this is going to be a really, really difficult afternoon for, for St Mirren. But, you know, having said that, Jonathan Obika has got amongst the goals recently. Uh, he's got five league goals this season, uh, two in his last two. So he, he's probably the, the one shining light, shining light for St Mirren who they will hope can get on the goals. So it is... Unbeaten 3 for St Mirren, but their last victory over Celtic in the league came back in March 2010. No changes for either side for this one, Gordon. Uh, Jim Duffy, when you look at this fixture today, they are big games in their own right, but perhaps even bigger because it's the game before the really big one. And everyone's looking at players today, who's in form, who's not, who's going to come through it unscathed. And then we, we, we switch to Sunday. It's easy for us to do, but the players, I guess, have to focus fully on the 90 minutes in hand. Yeah, and uh, you know I think both uh, you know both teams, but you know I'm Ibrox today, and I'm sure that Rangers will want to try commit the traps, and I think that's what they'll, they'll try and do, try and really put come out because they know they're not a goal-scoring team. So if Rangers get themselves two goals ahead. You know, it's just it's an absolute certainty they're going to win the game. Command are not going to come back from anything like that. So, and I think if, if Rangers can then do that, then Stephen Gerrard then has the luxury of deciding does he does he you know give some game time to someone like Steve Davis or or does he allow his players to gain more confidence by you know dominating the game and and maybe creating chances. So I think it's really just down to the mentality of the players. But I think the mentality will be the early part of the game. And I think maybe similar to Celtic over a bit. I think Paisley's always a bit of a, a more difficult fixture and has been for Celtic. Um, you know, all, I'm not saying they don't get results, but it's been maybe a wee bit more awkward than, than perhaps it should be at Ibrox today. When you look at the inclusion of the foe and the fact that Morelos is on the bench, is that a clue that there is still a chance Morelos doesn't start against Celtic or is it a final rest for him? No, I, I don't know. I mean, I honestly thought he'd come straight back in today, you know, and obviously he stayed, he's kept faith with um, Jermaine Defoe. So, you know, I think it'd be very difficult to to, to guess, second guess Stephen Gerrard when it comes to, to the game. If, if I mean, if, if Jermaine Defoe goes in today and scores a goal or more than one goal, you know, which he's more than capable of doing, I mean, it'd be another big call, you know, he would have on Sunday. You know how who's in form, who's if you, and also the way his team's playing. I mean, I thought I thought they were excellent against Hibs. Uh, the movement, the creativity. You know, I mean, they they, they played very well. 
Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think it, he's maybe thrown the gauntlet down a little bit to Jermaine Defoe and just saying, listen, here you are, there's another, there's another start. And, uh, you know, there are many starts recently. Here's another start from you. Uh, continue to score goals and then, you know, we'll have a think about it come come Sunday. But, uh, yeah, it would be a massive call not to not to play Morelos um, on Sunday. And again, Craig Beattie, from a Celtic perspective, people perhaps looking for clues. We had a number of calls on the open line on the last match day from Celtic fans wanting a bit more width on the left-hand side, wanting a Mikey Johnson or, or the likes to play in there, wanting Ryan Christie back in the middle, wanting Forrest back on the right. But again, Neil Lennon unchanged today And I wonder if that, again, is a clue That that's what we could see on Sunday as well Yeah, I think so And, you know, I, I was in the studio When the, the calls were coming in that night And I, and I actually defended Neil Lennon And I said that, that I liked the way that Forrest plays on the left He comes inside, he creates a lot of space I went away and I actually watched the game And the amount of times that that, that situation arose Where Forrest came in, ball and goalie can then overlap You know, he's linking with Edward And Sham in the middle, picking nice passes you know, we've seen uh, Christie's finish for, for Scotland coming in off the, the right-hand side on that, that cultured left foot. Um, I think this works really, really well, and I think this is a particularly good um, string to Celtic's bow at the minute. Um, you know, we know that, that they're very, very capable of changing. Um, and, and as I said previously, you know, it's a really, really difficult fixture for St Mirren today, coming in, having won one only six. Always something special about Boxing Day fixtures, Hugh. There's yep. new jackets and scarves and gloves <laughs> everywhere you look. There's a sense of optimism. People looking for their team to end the year on high. They're maybe off work for a couple of days as well. So there is something uh, quite special and hopefully the football lives up to it. Jim Duffy used the expression sloppy and casual by way of explaining if anything happened to Celtic or Rangers, it would be because they were sloppy and casual. They would have to be excessively sloppy and excessively casual not to have their games wrapped up by half time today if we're being honest look at the Celtic team look at the Rangers team look at the miserable form of the two teams that are playing their miserable league positions if they haven't got it wrapped up by half time they're sloppy and casual well it's a four o'clock finish for the rest of us <laughs> in Boxing yeah. Day um, no I fully expect uh, both sides to win Gordon Celtic away from home I'm with Craig Beatty in the fact that I'm not into this You know uh, Balance of the team um, I do prefer If I'm honest Forrest on the right hand side I do prefer Christian But he wants to get in Cham into that Celtic team And I think that Forrest and Christie Can play anywhere on the pitch And it showed you last week If I watched them against Aberdeen And Aberdeen are sitting there With fourth in our league And you're thinking to yourself It's going to be a difficult game It's Aberdeen they created chance after chance after chance, so there's nothing up with the shape. At Ibrox, I think Jim Duffy makes a great point. I would be amazed Morelos doesn't start on Sunday, but if I was a striker, which I wasn't a very good one, and I scored two or three today, and I was left out, let me say, I think that is a massive call. But Defoe knows his role. I think Defoe knows fine well that he's the backup striker, and if he does score... A hat trick today That He'll probably be on the bench Come Sunday I think yeah. I thought going into Friday's game Rangers May so, so May you, have struggled so Without Morelos If he scores a hat trick today He's on the bench on Sunday Yes Yes. Uh, four goals in two games Yes yes, yes, yes Because the, How many goals has Morelos scored So then There's that None argument. against Celtic Well None against but, Celtic uh, Hold on Has Defoe scored against Celtic? I know it's a great It's yeah. a great start to a Boxing Day show But none against Celtic Can beat you? No I was just going to say there I, I think Morelos was starting this fixture on the 29th 
immediately after the final whistle in the, the last Rangers Celtic game at, at Ibrox. I think uh, Stephen Gerrard said that he picked the wrong team. Obviously, Celtic went on the, to win the game 2 0, and Defoe never really had any impact in that match. And, and I think that was probably Stephen Gerrard's first mistake. And I think even that back then, it will be we won't make that mistake again, and it will be Morelos that will start the next one. Yeah, there's no way in this world, and I mean, there is no way. In this world That Morelos <laughs> That Morelos Does not start Against Celtic Well time will tell uh, Let's focus on today's Action Let's hear from both Managers from Glasgow's Big 2 Stephen Gerrard First up Giving us his thoughts Ahead of the visit Of Kilmarnock You try and put yourself uh, In the Kilmarnock Camp if you like And, and wonder What type of reaction Or what they might change Or alter And um, I predict That they might go back To the, the style That got them uh, a lot of success under Steve Clark. You know, obviously, the caretaker manager knows him very well, works with him in Scotland, so you know, you'd assume um, you might go back to that style. And for us, you know, that style deserves respect because it's a very organised shape, difficult to play against, and they've got some good players on the counter attack. So, um, But who knows? We, we might be surprised. At top of the bill, as far as the debate about team selection, is that Morelos and Defoe situation, Jim Duffy? But maybe on the undercard, you'd look at Stephen Davis back fit. Um, but at the moment, Stephen Gerrard understandably going with the guys who have been getting the job done in recent weeks. Yeah, as I mentioned, the team's playing very well, and uh, you know some terrific football from from Rangers uh, in amongst winning games, which you've got to do. So uh, other than the you know the one big one, which you know they they didn't win with the cup final, but in league, league form has been has been tremendous. But I just think that, you know, what Gordon was talking about, about the balance of Celtic's team and that. I mean, the balance of the Rangers team looks just really comfortable. The players, you know, just seem to seem to enjoy playing there. It, it allows um, Barisic and Tavernier to, to push way up the pitch. I mean, I mean, I know full-backs go high, but <laughs> they're, they're proper uh, wingers, you know, uh, you know, advanced full-backs uh, because of the, the, the way the midfield, Kamara um, and Arfield narrow in. And Jack, as I said, I, I, I still prefer him slightly uh, advanced with Davis there. But you have to say he's been immense for Rangers playing that way or the, the, the kind of more certain player. Um, and I just think that uh, for Rangers just now, you know, any player that comes in is going into a team brimming with confidence. And I think that that just shows right, right through all the, all the players. All the players just now are playing at a very high level. Uh, let's hear from Neil Lennon then Ahead of his trip to Paisley this afternoon well, When we played them at Sally Park We beat them 2-0 But it was a difficult game You know, Jim had them You know, defensively and, and in midfield Really good shape You know, tactically, defensively Set up very well And This is the type of game that You know You could fall on your sword If you're not careful um, They've been sort of scratching away You know, getting results here And they're picking up a win Or the odd win Or a point so he knew it was always going to be a difficult season for them but I think they're a lot better off this season than they were last year I know exactly where St Mirren sit in the league table Craig Beattie but when you listen to Neil Lennon there you look at Rangers going to Paisley it took that moment of magic from Barisic to win the game for them when St Mirren went to Celtic Park as Neil Lennon referenced it was 2-0 it was a fairly difficult night in spells so clearly there are enough warning signs there for Celtic this afternoon yeah there is and um you know, I think it's, I think it could be easy at times for for pundits and, and people to say that 
an away fixture is going to be difficult and, and I think it can be a wee bit generic at times and I think we'd be in agreement that if Rangers and Celtic turn up at away grounds and, and they, they play to their, their maximum capacity then they win the games very, very comfortably. However, Neil was, was, was very complimentary of Jim there and, and his St Mern team when they went to Celtic Park and they set up nice, kind of rigid in a 4-4-2. You know, they'll, they'll make it a five in the middle of the park, they'll be hard to break down. You know, so you, you couple the, the kind of tactical knowledge from Jim Goodwin along with the fact that they'll potentially raise their games against Rangers or Celtic. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that if, if Neil Lennon and his Celtic team turn up today, then the chances are they win the game, well, by half-time, as you says. Four minutes added on in the Edinburgh Derby. We'll give you the story of that game and go around the rest of the grounds for the team news next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, and Gordon DL in the studio. We've got the top team all around the grounds. We already gave you the team news from St Mirren against Celtic and Rangers Kilmarnock. So Hamilton, St Johnston, Aberdeen, Livy, and Ross County, Motherwell still to come. But the final whistle has just gone in the Edinburgh Derby, and it finished Hearts nil, Hibs two. A Martin Boyle double in the first half secures all three points for Jack Ross's side, and the misery continues for the Jambos Daniel Stendel an awful start to life in charge of Hearts another defeat for him another game without even scoring a goal Hugh Keevans and these Hearts fans must be fearing the worst well they're entitled to fear the worst uh, you know it's Hearts uh, at the bottom of the table Hamilton playing St Johnston today if Hamilton win they go six points away from Hearts Daniel Stendel was brought in to arrest decline He's made things worse We had the sight today Of a Hearts player Jake Mulraney In the warm-up Wearing headphones Listening to music It's a holiday camp And it's a poorly run Holiday camp And Anne Budge is bang in trouble Hearts next game Is away to Aberdeen In all probability There'll be five defeats in a row For the new manager The Wolf is at the door it's as bad a Hearts team as, as I've seen And you know You go back to the Hearts team It got relegated before Full of kids It was different circumstances These are guys who have got Decent backgrounds to them But when you look to where Hibs and Hearts were What? Eight weeks ago? Uh-huh. Nine weeks ago? The two of them were scrapping You know down there fighting And you look at the difference now With that one for Hibs Takes them what 13 points away If they're on rivals Doesn't look like anything's improving At Hearts And I think they're in for a real Real relegation battle from now on They're a shambles top to bottom gone It's as simple as that as a football club um, I don't know what's happened to them Because they are a big club uh, They've got a terrific stadium there a, a, a fantastic support But I think Ann Budge has got to take a lot of responsibility Now I know what Hugh is saying about the new manager He's come in Four defeats I think he scored one goal uh-huh. it, it doesn't look like it's improving That's what a new manager's brought in But he has inherited an absolute mess of a football squad He needs a January He needs back He needs money He needs fresh players Can Hearts do that? If they don't Then I can see Hearts can in the championship And you can't beat a bit of needle As long as you keep it polite And I know it's meant to be the festive season of goodwill And all yep. the rest of it But do you remember um, When Daniel Stendel was appointed Hearts issued their statement And they made a wee point of getting a wee dig in yeah. And saying yeah, that his yeah. Barnsley side finished above Jack Ross's Sunderland side yeah. And all the rest of it Right on the full time whistle Hibs have just sent the following tweet It says Our new head coach Jack Ross Leads Hibs to victory over Daniel Stendel's Heart of Midlothian at Tynecastle Purely for context, we are 13 points ahead of our noisy neighbours. Uh, yes, uh, and they're, they're yeah. perfectly entitled to all that. That's uh, Craig Levine's natural order coming back to bite hearts in the backside as well. 
yeah. uh, They're going down Unless He has a very good January window uh, And who knows About his track record When it comes to bringing in players But they Could Go down Well plenty of time to reflect on that As the afternoon progresses But let's go Around the grounds And get some more team news From the venues We've not been to yet Mark Guidi Is at Hamilton Against St Johnston What's happening In South Lanarkshire Mark? Well, both sides will be buoyed by that result that you've just been talking about there. Gordon Hearts are in bottom position on 12 points. And for the home team, uh, Hamilton Ackies, who defeated Hearts on Saturday, that was their first win in 12 games. A victory today can take them uh, six points clear of the bottom club. But likewise, they come up against uh, St Johnston team on uh, 16 points unbeaten in three games and a team that also defeated Hearts at Tynecastle um, 11 days ago so for both sides there's plenty incentive uh, here a lot at stake particularly getting into the second last game uh, before the winter break good lineups too both managers have plenty of options and uh, Brian Rice has gone with a 4-3-3 formation that's looked south within goals at the back Aaron McGowan Sam Stubbs Brian Easton and Scott McMahon in midfield it's Will Collar Alex Gogic and Scott Martin and it's a front three of David Moyo George Oakley at number nine and Mikael Miller on the other side of him on the bench for Aki's Johnny Hunt Steve Davis Blaine Alston Ross Cunningham Andy Winter Jamie Hamilton sub goalkeeper is on Fawn Williams for Tommy Wright's team it's a 4-4-2 formation Xander Clark in goals at the back Anthony Ralston Liam Gordon Jason Kerr and Callum Booth it is Michael O'Halloran Murray Davidson Ali McCann and David Watherston in midfield and up top it's Chris Kane and Stevie May on the bench for the Perth Club Wallace Duffy Scott Tanzer Dre Wright Jason Holt Callum Hendry Matty Kennedy sub goalkeeper is Elliot Parish and today's match referee in Lanarkshire is Gavin Duncan. Let's hear from Aki's boss Brian Rice. We're in a business where you've you've got to win. You know you've got to win as as many as you can and pick up as many points as you can. But for me, it's the I look at all the positives about everything. Even when we lose, I go home at night. I'm disappointed. And I'm disappointed all week, but I still go back and look at the good things. I also look at the bad things as well. And we try and work on that. So it's trying to get a balance. But uh, the confidence you get for winning. Is, is evident about the place on a Saturday night you know when you come in on a Monday morning but we've got to be careful you know it's only one win you know we, we can't get carried away Let's go to Petaudry Aberdeen against Livingston another fascinating fixture in Boxing Day Dave Galloway is looking ahead to that one Thanks Gordon Aberdeen go into the game minus the suspended Sam Cosgrove after his controversial red card against Celtic with chairman Dave Cormack taking to Twitter to accuse Christopher Ayer of feigning injury and claim Lee Griffiths should have been punished for a challenge on Lewis Ferguson The Dons are striving for consistency after two wins two defeats and a draw in the last five matches and are targeting two victories before the winter break starting with today's visits of Livingston Livy though come here full of confidence after scoring 10 goals in three games including last weekend's 4-0 win over Ross County however the West Lothian side have won just once away from home all season in the Premiership let's uh, take a look then at the teams Aberdeen make uh, three changes in come Conor McLennan Ryan Hedges and Curtis Main out draw 
top Shea Logan James Wilson and Sam Cosgrove so it's Joe Lewis in goals across the back Zach Viner Ash Taylor Scott McKenna and Andy Considine sitting midfielders Funzo Ojo and Lewis Ferguson further forward Ryan Hedges Connor McLennan and Niall McGinn behind the main striker Curtis Main substitutes Cherney Logan Devlin Campbell Gallagher Wilson and Anderson as for Livingston just the one change for them it's Aaron Taylor Sinclair coming in replacing Alan Lithgow so in goals for Livy it's uh, Matthias Sarkic across the back Steve Lawson Richie Lamy John Guthrie and Aaron Taylor Sinclair Sydney midfielders Craig Sibbald and Marvin Bartley attacking midfielders Stephen Lawless Scott Pittman and Eamon Souda with Lyndon Dykes leading the line for the visitors today uh, substitutes for them Stewart, McMillan, Crawford, Jacobs, Odofin, Robinson and Erskine and your match referee here at Pitaudry, Bobby Madden Did Pitaudry get a new PA system for Christmas? Who knows, but it's clearly the loudest of the uh, afternoon so far Dave Galloway doing well to, to, to battle through it uh, Dave, I'm not sure where Dave Cormack is right now I, I know he's based in the States sometimes so maybe there is a time difference uh, to come into play here Hugh Keevans but in your day would you have seen such a high-profile figure at a club tweeting at ten past two in the morning to say law equals fairness and consistency? Sam will take his ban, but the compliance officer has a duty to review Ayer feigning injury with his triple salvo and miraculous recovery. Griffith slunges into Ferguson's knee with both feet in the air. Fairness for all, please, says Dave Cormack on Twitter well, at ten past two this morning. Well, if the president of the United States can tweet at that time in the morning, then so can the chairman of Aberdeen Football Club. But uh, I think he's out of order with his comment. Uh, not that it'll bother Neil Lennon unduly or Christopher Ayer uh, or Lee Griffith, but he's standing up for his club. It's time to deliver on the part, though, not on Twitter. Yeah, that's the real problem, not problem, but predicament for Derek McInnes today. He has to d- deal without Sam Cosgrove. Whether you think it was right or wrong, and <laughs> everyone's had their say, Curtis Main plays today, Sam Cosgrove is suspended. Yeah, I was at the game last week, Gordon, um, and I've got to say, Curtis Main come on and he looked lively. He looked like a boy that wants a chance. Um, he, he played very well at Motherwell at times. He was one of my favourites uh, throughout the season. And he's went to Aberdeen, and I don't know if it's it's been a, a step too far for him, but he's not been getting regular games. And as I say, he came on last week, and he had a lot of energy, and I'm sure at home against Livingston today, with the opportunity because Grove been suspended, then he'll try and show the manager, listen, I've got something mm. to offer here. Well, let's hear from Derek McInnes then, ahead of this one. can do that. We've seen them go through spells where... Um, look, a formidable side, and when they do everything right, and and they they show that they can do about everything. They've got good footballers. Um, they they can be robust. They can um, get plenty of energy. Um, but you know the fact that they're on such a good run, you've got to respect that. And uh, I think they're great. I think they've been very very good for the, the top flight since they've come into it. And we've got a, a job in our hands. We had we obviously beat them down there a very untidy fixture um, early in the season and we had a decent record against them last season but every game was tough um, and I don't expect us to be any less tough uh, We've got another big game in the Highlands it's in Dingwall as Ross County welcome Motherwell the teams for that one Baxter in goal for Ross County Kelly, Fontaine, Morris Mackay, Mullen, Spence Foster, Spittle, Payton 
And Stewart for Ross County On the bench Laidlaw, Fraser, Vigers, Watson Henderson, Graham And Chalmers As for Motherwell Gillespie in goal uh, They have a back four Of Tate, Gallagher, Hartley and Carroll Campbell, O'Hara and Polworth The midfield three With Seedorf, Hilton And Scott leading the line On the bench for Stephen Robinson Carson, Mugabe, Maguire Grimshaw, Semple, Sloth and McIver uh, Of course the incentive for Aberdeen As we just heard from Dave Galloway And for Stephen Robinson's Motherwell Hugh Is trying to finish the year in third place It might seem like a small thing But it just gives you that that little incentive That psychological boost If you could go into the break in third place Well from now And I suspect until the end of time It will be third that's the best you can get Because no one will finish above Rangers and Celtic anymore Uh Motherwell are doing a terrific job on a consistent basis uh, and I think they will win at Ross County they're on the slide uh, and I expect Aberdeen to win at home today if they don't well the chairman will be back on Twitter got to say for Motherwell uh, I mean I know we talk about fixtures sometimes and who makes them up but for the Motherwell fans to be asked to travel to Dingwall on Boxing Day That's a big ask I wonder how many They'll get there But I mean both teams You know Especially Motherwell I think Have been fantastic This season Aberdeen I wonder how much A blow that'll be Without Cosgrove I wonder how they, They'll manage Because he is The, the go-to guy for them um, Motherwell up at Ross County I would fancy them To go up there And get three points And carry on their good form This season Yeah I do agree um, <clears throat> I love a way yeah, I thought you would days. be on the bus up Do there, I, I must Gordon, admit Gordon, if I wasn't here, I'd be on the Pettigrew Loyal on the way up just now I'd probably be at Aviemore, <laughs> yeah. just getting myself up there But uh, I think it'll be difficult uh, I know the Motherwell team trained yesterday and travelled up last night on Christmas Day That's dedication for it So I do think they will get a result And I think against Hamilton at home I think they're good enough to win that So third place is there for them I do expect Aberdeen to beat Hearts at the weekend but Livy will be a hard target. Let's hear from both managers then. Stuart Kettlewell first up. We're very disappointed with, with what happened on Saturday. And, but there's been a lot of good performances in there as well. There's been a lot of good results. And um, and still we probably sit in the top end of where everybody expected us to be um, in terms of the league table when you're sitting ahead of the St Johnstons, uh, the St Mirrens, uh, Hamilton's, Hearts. You know, we're, we're probably sitting in a position that's, as I say, top end of what most would have expected. So we're not getting carried away with that. But equally, we're also not showing an acceptance to to some of the performances that we've seen. In. And it was assistant boss Keith Lasley on media duties for Motherwell this week. We know we've got two big jobs to do before we, as I say, we get that 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 break. And you know, as manager spoke about, we're determined to make the most of these. This opportunity to go into that break is is high. Or, you know, continue in our position if we can. So. We know what we're up against, but one kind of final push, if you like, before you know we get get some downtime and time to recover and then reset and focus on the, the second half of the season. Well, we, we we as I said, we harness that confidence and we want them to be, be believe in their own game. You know, we certainly temper that by letting them know what it's taken for them to achieve that or what it's taken them certainly to get to this point. And you know, they're made well aware on a daily basis what it takes to, as I say, what it will take to maintain our position. So. Two big games not too far from here Rangers, Kilmarnock and St Mirren Celtic We're building up to those The dust has settled on the Edinburgh Derby though Hearts nil, Hibs 2 Jack Ross the happier of the two managers Let's bring in Jim Duffy and Craig Beattie Two men who know the clubs very well Craig we'll start with you as a former Hearts striker You saw some good times there What do you make of the mess I think was the word that Gordon Hugh used To describe the club 
Yeah, listen, as, as a former Hearts player, it's, it's not nice to see. Um, I obviously went in 2012, um, and it was it was turbulent. Uh, the players weren't getting paid. It was really, really difficult. Um, they had a spell in the Championship. They've managed to come back. There's a couple of consecutive top six finishes. They've improved their stadium. Things were looking a lot more positive when Ann Budge came in. Um, and since then, it's just it's, it's been a down, downward spiral since. And, and obviously, Craig Levine's lost his job. Um, and Daniel Stendhal's come in, and, and it looks like it's not gotten any better. So, you know, it, it's worrying times. Is um, well, well, certainly for the for the heart supporters, um, for for Ann Budge yourself, and, and for anybody that's associated with the club, because it is a great club. Um, you know, even I'm sure Hibs fans will, will admit that it's a great club, and, and they love the rivalry as well. Um, so. For them to be struggling the way they are, it's not nice for anybody in Scottish football to see. Uh, Jim Duffy, you always hear these phrases: "Too big to go down, too many good players to go down." But it looks like we're going to head into 2020 bottom of the table. So surely all that sort of talk is is long gone, and there's a realistic chance that the Hearts could go down, and they really need to find some way of turning it around. No, they only need to look at their their opponents today. They were in the championship for three seasons, and everybody kept thinking they'll be an automatic get out, and it very very difficult to get out. And, uh, you know, I mean, like Craig has said, you know, there's been a number of times over recent years from the Vladimir Romanov era and then beyond that, and then they've had fans, um, you know, share issues, and then Ann Budge come in, and I think they took their their eye off the ball in terms of the team. They were were that focused on this new stand and raising uh, finance and all these sort of things that the quality of the players severely um, diminished. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, they've, they've got to be very careful. And also... The setup. I mean, Anne Bud, Bud's come out and said, oh, she maybe left Craig uh, Levine too long. But then, <laughs> your point then, Craig Levine and Austin McPhee is, is joint directors of football with a manager who's actually openly <laughs> um, uh, suggesting, if you want to call it that, about the quality of the squad when the two guys who were responsible for it are still there. So I don't see how that can possibly work. There's got to be an atmosphere there every time the pass cross. So it's just there's just one thing after another with Hearts, and um, yeah, they've got to be very, very careful because those teams that are at the bottom or you know close to the bottom, whether it be St. Mun, whether it be Hamilton, etc., they're expected to be there and used maybe used to being there, and you know the the pressure's not quite the same for them. But for Hearts, if, if Hearts were to go down, oh, it'd be absolutely huge, um, you know, a huge blow for them. Is that not the real problem, Hugh Kevens? You you said something earlier on about Daniel Stendel. Uh, he'll get the transfer window in January. Oh. We don't know how good he is at recruiting players, but the real problem for Hearts is actually two guys who are going to play a massive part in the recruitment of players are the guys who have recruited a substandard group of players at the moment. Well, that's part of the, the holiday camp atmosphere that I described earlier with Jake Mulroney running around to the warm-up to the Edinburgh Derby listening to music. Uh, this is not about this season alone. When Robbie Nielsen beat Rangers as Hearts manager... And the following day announced that he was going to be the manager of the MK Dons. That was when it all started. Then came the Ian Catherwood experiment, which was an unqualified disaster. Craig Levine, Austin McPhee, and now Daniel Stendhal. I've said before in this programme to you, Gordon, I'm not sure he sees out the full season. He's four defeats in a row now. He should be five defeats in a row if Aberdeen are at themselves when they meet at the weekend. And five defeats in a row and rock bottom of the table, I think, creates a problem. Either he has a good January and brings in some fantastic players, or by the end of January, they're contemplating the championship and Ann Burge is contemplating whether she can keep him. 
I don't think anyone could defend his record since he came in They've not had the bounce They don't look like they're getting any better But if you were to draw up a list of the people Who are most responsible for where hearts are Surely there are a good few people above Daniel Stendhal And it's a bit It's going to be somewhere down the line Before he has to take the brunt of the responsibility Well it starts with Anne Budge Because she has presided over the bad decisions that have been taken uh, Craig Levine gets the blame for taking the team nowhere And for poor recruitment And loads and loads of Bad players brought into the club uh, Ian Cathro as I said Unqualified disaster uh, Austin McPhee was never ever Going to be managerial material uh, And now they are Where they deserve to be Bottom of the table But There has to be Some Kind of positive reaction To the appointment of a new manager There has been none It has got worse And I fear For him And them Okay, we'll leave that there. We'll get plenty more reaction as the afternoon progresses. But if you are just joining us, it finished at Tynecastle Hearts nil, Hibs two. It was a Martin Boyle double in the first half, which gives all three points to Jack Ross's side, and the misery does indeed continue for everyone involved at Tynecastle. We've got massive games in the Premiership this afternoon, though: Hamilton St Johnston, Aberdeen Livy, Ross County Mullerwell, and the two big ones in this part of the world: Rangers Kilmarnock and St Mirren Celtic. We'll go back to those grounds next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Tom. Personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompsons.com. Hugh Keevan spent the break telling me what he got for Christmas, so we'll get to that a bit later on. He's in the studio with Mark Wilson and Gordon DL. We've got the top team all around the grounds as well. A fantastic Boxing Day fixture card for you this afternoon. The Edinburgh Derby finished 2 0 to Hibbs at Tynecastle, so more reaction to that game. To come as the afternoon goes on Let's go back to the two big games in this part of the world Though Rangers against Kilmarnock at Ibrox Just a, a quick recap of the teams if you don't mind Andrew McLean Yeah no problem at all Rangers unchanged from that 3-0 win against Hibs last time out Alan McGregor starts in goal It's a back four of James Tavernier Connor Colson, Nikola Kapic and Borna Barisic In midfield three Scott Arfield, Ryan Jack and Glenn Kamara With Joe Rebo and Ryan Kent Either side of Jermaine Defoe Substitutes Fodringham, Edmondson, Flanagan, Davis, Stuart Jones and Morelos as for Kilmarnock four changes for them it's Ranescu in goal a back four of Millen Bruce Del Fabro and Hamelainen it's Wilson Thicker and Power the midfield three with El McCreaney and Rory McKenzie either side of Liam Miller the substitutes Koprovec Johnson Thomas Bridley Burke Brophy and so Jim Duffy Rangers have actually only played two home league games here in the last two months which is, is quite astonishing really there was that 5-0 win against Hearts here at the start of December the last game before that in the league at home was a 2-1 win against Motherwell at the end of October, you'd think that Steven Gerrard would be delighted to get back here back in front of the Ibrox fans, especially since after the break they've got a lot of games at home at Ibrox that they'll be looking to Yeah, they've only played seven, seven uh, home games uh, as opposed to ten for Celtic um, so yeah, I mean there is a uh, a slight discrepancy there I'm not quite sure how that works out but uh, anyway over the over the course of the season not leaving itself out but today you know I mean they're huge favourites I mean Kilmarnock are really struggling just now you know obviously just changed the manager Alex Dyer come in you've yet to see whether he's going to be a permanent or whether they'll give him even you know a couple of weeks in January to, to see to check out um, you know see if he can bring in some players Stephen Gerrard said his interview there at the start of the programme that he feels that they'll go back to a a more Steve Clark-like uh, system, uh, you know, very compact, very organised, very disciplined, and try and make it difficult for Rangers. But Rangers are playing so well, 
As I said, they'll be delighted to be back at Ibrox. I think the fans will be delighted to see them back here as well. Not had too many home games. Um, and as I said, in the way they're playing, you can't see Eden other than a, a very comfortable Rangers victory. But as we've said, I think Kamala haven't scored in the last four games and you know, they'll definitely sit back today, try and keep it tight and compact, hit them on the hit Rangers on the break if they get the chance. But it's a, it's just how brave they're going to be. How much risk will they take? I don't think they'll take too much risk. I suppose that's maybe when it comes down to having a, an old firm game just a few days away. Mm. You can kind of spin it two ways that there'll be players out there that maybe some will have the attitude, oh, mm. I, I really need to dig in mm. and make sure that I'm in that team on Sunday. But as there maybe other players, I may be a bit tentative and think, well, you know, I don't want to pick a knockup before a game on Sunday. <laughs> I, I just I think when you play for a club like Rangers, you know, every game is important. You know, this this is a vital game. You know, if they don't do their business today, then, you know, they, they, they almost, you know, they hand the initiative, but they could almost hand the league to Celtic even as they, uh, before the game. So, you know, they have to... They have to go about their, their business professionally today. And I think they'll do that. I think Stephen Gerrard said a couple of times that they've maybe had a, the odd half where they haven't been at it. And they've come out in the second half. And he's, and he's been very honest and said, listen, we weren't good enough first half, second half we've come out. But I think he, 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 you know, he knows he can't have too many of those days. And, and to be fair, they haven't had too many. So I think Rangers will come out of the traps today. I think they'll go right at uh, Kilmarnock. I'll be amazed if they don't score in the first 20 minutes. But from Kilmarnock's point of view, that's going to be the test. Can can they keep um, you know the discipline? Can can they keep calm enough to see out that that period? Because they know that Rangers are going to come after them, uh, and it's about how they cope with that. But for me, Rangers have got far too much quality, uh, too many options. Um, you know, and again, Jermaine Defoe get another start. Can he um, you know um, justify the manager um, giving him that nod ahead of Alfredo Morelos? Well, we heard from Stephen Gerrard a bit earlier on in the show. Alex Dyer is the man taking Kilmarnock to Ibrox, trying to cause that shock. He's made a couple of changes to the team. Let's hear from him. Yeah, I mean, what we've done in the past and up to now has served us quite well. You know, because we have one or two bad results, it doesn't mean we have to keep changing, you know. We, we do what we're good at and it will turn. Uh, I believe that, you know. They're, they're, like I said, they, they work hard every day. And um, without a doubt that it'll turn for us, you know, whether it's against Rangers or whether it's against St Mirren, but it'll turn, you know, we just got to keep working hard. Uh, Jim Duffy, this fixture last season, which was one which caused Rangers problems and certainly the season before as well, you look at where Rangers have gone since then, perhaps taking a, a step up and then where Kilmarnock have gone from then, no disrespect to Alessio or Alex Dyer, it was always going to be difficult to follow in Steve Clark's footsteps, so they've perhaps taken a step backwards. Does it have a lot less danger about it, this fixture for Rangers, than it perhaps would have 12 months ago? Yeah, I think so. And also the fact is, it's Ibrox. I mean, you know, Rangers don't like going to Kilmarnock. They just don't like it as a as an environment, as the pitch. They don't like the pitch. I think that's quite obvious at times. And I think they're, they're quite open about that. But they try and get the job done. But they, they certainly don't enjoy playing there. And I think that it's hard to underestimate how big a blow it was for Kilmarnock to lose Steve Clark. I mean, it's like it's like... You know, a top top player. You know, your very best player. Your, you know, your your Maverick. Your, the, the, you know, your cat, the catalyst. Whatever happens to be leaving. You know, your team. Uh, and, and so Steve Clark leaving was a massive blow to to Kilmarnock. And it's you know it was difficult to to for anybody to come in initially. I still think it was harsh on Alessio uh, getting the sack, sitting fifth in the league. But um, nevertheless, the decision has been made. But I, I, I just, you know, Rangers have improved. I think, um, you know, technically, I think they were always a good side. But I think mentally they're better now. And as I say, but particularly Ibrox, 
I just can't see any way that uh, Kilmarnock will have a surprise here today. Well, not too far away from Ibrox and Paisley at St Mirren up against Celtic. Let's check in there ahead of kickoff. Craig Beattie, how would you describe the conditions? I have a personal feeling that it's one of the windiest stadiums in the world. So I wonder if that will play a part this afternoon. Yeah, um, to be honest, I don't think so. Uh, it's a little bit chilly. My, myself and Alison are well wrapped up here, but... I don't think, I'm just looking at the corner flags now, there's not too much movement in them, I don't think it's particularly windy, the pitch looks absolutely fine, it's not caught up after the warm-up, um, you know, I watched St Mirren's warm-up as well as Celtic's and I thought they were, I thought they were very sharp, um, Celtic's didn't quite look as sharp as what St Mirren's did, um, but listen, I, I've got to say, it is the season of goodwill and, and as the Celtic players were coming off, the young mascot was standing and he was absolutely frozen. And young Mikey Johnson left the pitch and he, he took off his, uh, his zipper from the warm-up and gave it. He put it onto the, uh, the, young ma- uh, the young mascot for the day. So a nice little Christmas present after just after Christmas for the young man. There we go, Hugh. It's not, yeah. all, it's not all festive nastiness when it comes to Scottish football. No, well done. Uh, looking after the wee one. Uh, now, let's get harsh. Uh, <laughs> if, if Celtic don't get this done by half-time, then they are in danger of falling on their sword as Neil Lennon said in his uh, pre-match interview Why? Can I ask about this obsession about getting it wrapped up by half-time? Where does this come from? Celtic have got the team that will start the match against Rangers Yeah, but Celtic went in 1-0 against Ross County and came out and scored 4 in the sec Does it really matter oh, if, if the goals are scored I mean, no before half-time? football isn't as easy as I'm well aware I was, I was part of the Celtic side that went to that stadium and lost 4 0 that day. So, ah, although listen, it's a much different that camp. Was, yeah, Tony, but, Tony Mowbray was yeah, the manager. It's much yeah, different, but football isn't it. always as black and white to as be fair, To be fair, they've got a terrific right back just now, Mark. That's a, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a difference. Maybe that's I am where telling coming you, from. I am telling you, without any need to dance around the issue, if Rangers and Celtic don't have this done and dusted by half time, they're sloppy, casual, and in danger of falling on their shot. So even if they score six in the second half and win, that's the bit I'm struggling with. No, I'm telling you that uh, <laughs> I listened to Craig Beatty there saying that the Celtic warm up wasn't as sharp <laughs> as the St. Mirren warm up. Now, if, oh, you're, well, if, you're going, if you're going in with a frame of mind that is anything less than 100% focused on getting mm. the job done, you will suffer. Mm. Celtic and Rangers are playing teams. What is getting the job done, Hugh? Get, 1 0, 2 0, 3 0. I would say in Celtic's case uh, 2 or 3 nil, And in Rangers' case 3 or 4 nil. <laughs> he's, a, he's a hard man to please I'm going to make your coffee and bring He is a hard man to please uh, Craig, in terms of St Mirren What will the message be to Jim Goodwin? Is it is there, a, is there a bit of a blueprint for this type of fixture Where you just try and make life difficult Whether it be capitalising then from, from set pieces or, or trying to catch that moment of sloppiness And catch Celtic on the break How will St Mirren go about this? Yeah, I, th- I think my thoughts would probably be similar to Jim Over at Ibrox here with regards to Kilmarnock um, Offensively, St Mirren are going to go with a 4-4-2 With Moraes playing just off and in and around Jonathan Obika um, you know, defensively, I think the race will drop into the middle of the park. I think they'll try and make it compact with a flat five across the middle of the park. Ultimately, for, for St. Mirren and Jim Goodwin, it's trying to keep Celtic not scoring for as long as they possibly can and giving themselves an opportunity, potentially from set pieces anytime they can, can get up the park. As I mentioned earlier, Obika's got five goals so far, so he has been in the goals. But apart from Obika, St. Mirren are really struggling for goals. Um, I said at the top of the show that they've, they've scored nine goals at home all season. They've actually got only got players on the pitch today who have scored 11 combined with Abika getting five of them. 
Come, I mean, Odson Edward himself has scored more goals than the, the you know, potentially the front six for St Mirren. And when you look at the same six players that will be attacking for Celtic, they've got 33 goals to their name. So it, it just shows you the, the magnitude of you know, the, the task that, that St Mirren are facing today against Celtic, even though St Mirren have home advantage. Well, the scene is set in Paisley and at Ibrox in Dingwall in Aberdeen and in Hamilton. We've got a fantastic fixture card to look forward to this Boxing Day, and the kickoffs are coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Full time in Dingwall, Motherwell win by two goals to one. It's also full time in Paisley. St Mirren against Celtic. Here's Alison Cornwall and Craig Beattie. Full time in Paisley, St Mirren 1, Celtic 2. Celtic leave with the three points despite that late goal by St Mirren. It was Callum McGregor who gave Celtic the lead in the 23rd minute. Odson Edward put the ball off the post and it fell to McGregor to tap it in to the back of the net. Coming first and then in an effort saved by Fraser Forster at the other end before James Forrest made it 2-0 before the break. A great run by Odson Edward. He passed to Forrest after he beat the St Mirren defence and he rounded the keeper and fired it in to the back of the net. Into the second half and Celtic had a few chances. Odson Edward had the ball in the net but the flag was up for offside. Then James Forrest was denied by Vaclav Haladke in the St Mirren goal before Ryan Flynn had a short pass the post by for St Mirren. Obika was then denied by James Forrest and Celtic eventually cleared before Encham's effort was pushed clear by the St Mirren keeper. St Mirren did pull a goal back in the 89th minute. Cammy McPherson, his free kick came off Chris Julian and left Fraser Forster with no chance. Full time in Paisley, St Mirren 1, Celtic 2. Craig Beattie, Celtic were not at their best today but it's a case of job done before the big one on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can look at it one of two ways. They weren't at their best. Uh, they went into a, a two-goal lead in the first half. They've lost a wicked deflection there. The game's finished 2-1. And, and ultimately, it's job done for Neil Lennon and Celtic. But I think they would have liked to have performed better with the Rangers game in the horizon. Neil Lennon's walking into changing room now. And I think he'll need to have a word with, with Julian. And if he was right, he, he got emotional today. There was a physical battle with Abika, which he didn't relish whatsoever. You know for a Celtic centre-half that can be unusual a lot of times Celtic have got that in lockdown he did not enjoy that today and some of the off the ball stuff was, was borderline so he, he was a lucky boy today and you know, when Steven Gerrard watches this back with the Rangers game coming up on, on, on the weekend he'll be looking for Morelis to, to try and rail Julian so there's some, there's some work for Neil Lennon to do although that makes it 11 games consecutively winning in the Premier League McGregor and Forrest with the goals as Celtic leave Paisley with all three points. Full-time St Mirren 1, Celtic 2. Full-time in Hamilton against St Johnston, Mark Guidi. Full-time Hamilton Ackies 0, St Johnston 1 and thanks to Ali McCann's 80th minute winner St Johnston up to 9th place in the league and 7 points clear of bottom club hearts. They're also now unbeaten. In four games, in what was really an instantly forgettable 90 minutes, the first half in this Boxing Day clash totally lacked a punch. It was a non-event. It livened up very slightly in the second half, and anything that was created was coming from St Johnston. The visitors uh, across uh, from the left-hand side, Southwood took it cleanly, was bundled in the net by Chris Kane and referee. Gavin Dunklin rightly ruled it out. In the 72nd minute, St Johnston sub Callum Henry had a shot 
that was blocked by the shoulder of Sam Stubbs. Peels, appeals for a penalty, but again, Gavin Duncan waved them away. The goal came in the 80th minute. Lovely cut back from David Wotherspoon. And there was Ali McCann from seven yards out to slam it into the net. Hamilton tried to get an equaliser, but the play in the final third just wasn't good enough. And over the 90 minutes, I can't recall St. Johnson goalkeeper Xander Clark having a save to make. Full time here at the FOY Stadium, Hamilton Ackies nil, St Johnston won, and the Super Scoreboard Man of the Match, Mikael Miller of Hamilton Ackies. It's also finished up with Todd Ray, Dave Galloway. No, no, it's not. I don't know where Dave's gone. Is he back? Can he hear us? No, he's not, but it's finished at Ibrooks. Let's go there and speak to Andrew McLean and Jim Duffy. Rangers 1, Kilmarnock nil. the full-time score from Ibrooks, and it's Alfredo Morelos to the rescue for the home side to give them all three points here. Rangers had the better of the play in the first half, but just couldn't really test Laurentiu Brunescu, the best of the chances. Of that half coming when Alex Bruce blocked Joe Arrivo's effort before Glenn Kamara hit the bar from distance just before the break. They managed to put Brunescu to work after the break. Barisic's low strike saved comfortably but he had to stretch for one a few minutes later to tip Ryan Kent's shot wide of the mark. It wasn't quite happening for Jermaine Defoe in this game, so he came off in the 58th minute for Alfredo Morelos, who scored a third of his goals last season against Kilmarnock, and on the 65th minute, the Colombian was on the score sheet. They made their breakthrough, and it was, of course, Morelos. Ryan Jack with the reverse ball into a rebo. He stabbed it through to Morelos, and he made no mistake and hit the back of the net. Some Kilmarnock players not happy. They thought it was offside. Gary Dicker booked for his protest, but the goal stood. Rangers managing to hold on to their lead throughout the rest of the game and grab all three points. Jim Duffy, Morelos came on, and you just felt he had a goal in him. Yeah, I mean, he is Rangers talisman. There's no no question about that. And uh, you know it, it makes a difference. The Rangers. I just think the you you know the the confidence issue. Even I mean, you listen, you're taking Jermaine Defoe off. It's hard to criticise him. But when De, when Morelos comes on, there was more chances. His movement, he, he looked sharp. Um, but you know, Commander were obviously furious. They felt it, it was offside. From where we were, I mean, it was very very difficult. We we're you know really quite far away from it. But uh, you know, it looked as if it could have been in an offside position. It was a lovely through ball initially from Jack to Aribo, and then Aribo plays it. He's in the kind of corner of the box. He had another chance very similar a few minutes later. His movement, where well, this time he tried to ground the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper uh, Brunescu read it. But um, listen, you know, Rangers deserve to win. No question about that. The, they were the dominant side. They, they dominated possession. They had more chances. But if you don't put the game to bed there's always one or two in every moment and uh, you know that, that that happened particularly when Eamon Brophy came on he riled Katic a little bit they got a few more balls in the box they, they, I mean to be fair to Alex Dyer I think he had the, the, the plan B which was stay at 1-0 and then if we're still 1-0 with 50 minutes to go we'll go with two up top we'll have a wee more of a go and that's what he done but listen Rangers deserve to win it wasn't a classic performance by any stretch of imagination but it was a performance good enough to get all three points Rangers get all three points heading into Sunday's Old Firm. Thanks to that man again, Alfredo Morelos. The full-time score from Ibrooks. Rangers 1, Kilmarnock 0. Dave Galloway, I think, is back with us from Pataudry. It's finished up there, Dave. Full-time Aberdeen 2, Livingston 1. Aberdeen were forced to make a, a very late change with Considine injured in the warm-up with Logan coming off the bench to replace him. The Dons went ahead on 13 minutes with the game's first piece of real quality as McGinn and Ferguson combined. The ball was fed to McLennan, who's 
scored via a deflection. Aberdeen almost doubled their advantage when Ferguson's looping header went just over the bar. Livingston, though, had a big, big chance to draw level as the interval beckoned. A chip-through ball put Pittman clean through on goal. Lewis rushed off his line, though, and Pittman's effort was eventually cleared away by McKenna. Livingston had a good share of possession in the second half, but Aberdeen looks more dangerous and should really have put this one to bed when a lovely McGinn cross picked out Main at the back post but the striker failed to make any contact whatsoever with the ball however Main provided the assist for the home team's second goal flicking on for Anderson to score with a calm low finish on 82 minutes the visitors pulled one back three minutes later Lawless crossing for Dykes to head home and that ensured a few nerves among the home support but it's three points for the Dons Aberdeen two Livingston one and my Clyde one super scoreboard man of the match Lewis Ferguson what a day that was it's as you were at the top Celtic still have that five point advantage over Rangers Celtic getting the business done in Paisley with a 2-1 victory Rangers doing similar things at Ibrooks a 1-0 victory against Kilmarnock Motherwell stay third after they come back from a goal down to snatch it in Dingwall and Hearts woes continues they prop up the table after losing the Edinburgh Derby it's been quite the afternoon and now it's over to you. This is your chance to have your say, so give us a call on the open line right now. 0141 951 1025. What did you make of your team's display? What did you make of your team's performance this afternoon? Give us a call. The open line is next. After the action, it's your reaction. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. What an afternoon of football we've had across the Scottish Premiership Celtic and Rangers both getting narrow wins Hearts losing in Edinburgh Derby Motherwell coming from behind to win it in the last minute in Dingwall It really is all happening So why not give us a call and let us know what you made of your team this afternoon Were they good? Were they bad? Were they somewhere in between? And how does it set you Celtic and Rangers fans up for the big one on Sunday? It's 0141 951 1025 Don't hang about, get your calls in A reminder of the full-time scores though Hearts nil, Hibs 2 Aberdeen 2, Livingston 1 Hamilton Ackies nil, St Johnston 1 Rangers 1, Kilmarnock 0 And Ross County 1, Motherwell 2 St Mirren 1, Celtic 2 Two, that's the only action in Scotland today In the English Premier League Tottenham 2, Brighton 1 Aston Villa 1, Norwich 0 Bournemouth 1, Arsenal 1 Chelsea 0, Southampton 2 Crystal Palace 2, West Ham 1 And Everton 1, Burnley 0 Sheffield United 1, Watford 1 as well Man United, Newcastle And Leicester, Liverpool uh, They are still to come Later on this evening So it's 01419511025 Craig Beattie's still in Paisley Jim Duffy's still at Ibrooks, And in the studio Taking your calls Gordon DL Mark Wilson And Hugh Keevans With a flawless Acker To my name I tipped all matches correctly There you are Well done Mr Keevans Excellent you Excellent 2019 is my year <laughs> <laughs> a pity it finishes next week yeah. uh, On a serious note though Hugh A significant day Maybe The outcome we expected For Celtic and Rangers Yeah Maybe they both made life A bit more difficult for I, themselves Than they should have I really do think That this game on Sunday Is So huge That the two of them Were distracted to a, an extent Today uh, I thought that Julian had a very Difficult afternoon in defence For Celtic He He looked all over the shop and at the same time, you have Morelos with his confidence boosted by coming on, scoring the goal that wins the game for Rangers against Kilmarnock. So uh, when the two of them meet up on Sunday, Julian will need to be a long way better than he was today. 
Let's get to the phones then straight away No hanging about So much to discuss And between now and 6 o'clock We'll get all the best post-match reaction From the managers who were involved today as well So stay with us until 6 Let's kick things off with Craig Who is a Rangers fan What did you make of it today Craig? Hi again to say How are we doing? Um, happy Christmas to you all Yeah same to you Craig um, Hope it was a good one Yeah um, I've got to say I think it, it was Very frustrating to watch because I felt as if Kilmarnock didn't go to Ibrox today to, to play football. He went there to sit for 90 minutes behind the ball and defend and try and get a point. Now, I am not blaming them for doing that because they are currently managerless. They're going to Ibrox. It's not going to be easy. Um, but I also think, surely, from their point of view, they honestly can't have thought that they could go to Ibrox and sit and defend for 90 minutes. Um, you know, Morelos comes on, it didn't take him long and he finds a goal. And that's where I think myself and other Rangers fans will probably say, maybe he should have started. You know, I understand the logic behind Gerard thinking maybe keeping the bench, keeping fresh for Sunday. Um, but ultimately, had we not managed to get three points today because uh, Morelos didn't play or hadn't come on, you know, then the bigger picture is it was a chance that we could end up going to Celtic Park. Seven points behind Celtic. As is, we go five points behind. Yes, they could go eight clear, albeit um, Rangers would actually have a game in hand next month. So it's only an eight-point gap should Rangers lose their game in hand. Um, But I think, for me, that's too big a gamble to take. It's a pressure game on Sunday as it is. And to be honest, looking at Celtic, Today and last week there against Aberdeen, I'm not actually looking at Celtic thinking to myself that Rangers should be absolutely petrified of going to Celtic Park. It's not an easy place to go, no, but they've sort of, the last couple of weeks, not exactly played at their best. And then even when they played Rangers the last time, they get very lucky. And I don't think they can put in that sort of performance again because there's no way they'll get away with that second thing. Let's start with today's game then in particular Jim Duffy I think we start by acknowledging Of course there's an element of hindsight About this Rangers weren't as comfortable as we thought And therefore you're going to look and say Was it a mistake to start Defoe over Morelos How did that situation play out for you this afternoon? It's not a mistake Because it worked perfect <laughs> For Steven Gerrard He takes Morelos off Sorry, he takes Defoe off Puts Morelos on Morelos scores They won 1-0 you know, that he's fresh, as Craig has mentioned there. He's got a goal, he's confident. You get a three points, you get a clean sheet. So, listen, you know, the if, if, you know, Craig's, you know, the ifs, ifs didn't happen, but it, but it did happen. You know, Morelos did score, did get a three points. So, therefore, the manager is justified in, in, in how, how he went about his job today. Um, it's only it's only if, you, if, if, if uh, you don't get the points, then questions have to be asked. So, for me, yeah, he, he, you know, the end of the day, it was justified. But, you know, Rangers weren't at their best. I was saying part of that was Commander's game plan. Yeah, they did slow the game down. They did get bodies behind the uh, the box. I mean, they, listen, there have been a lot of injuries for Commander. They, they, they're certainly not getting the same resources and same quality that, that Rangers have got. They're going to go there and make it extremely difficult, slow the game down, frustrate the team and the fans, as Craig said. But, you know, they've got to look after themselves. Rangers weren't as sharp as they, as they have been in recent weeks. They didn't move the ball about. Ryan Kent, in particular, you know, was, you know, was largely ineffective and got a bit frustrated. And I said, you know, I know it's the way that Rangers are playing now, allowing freedom to go and search the ball. But 
kept getting crowded areas for me. Uh, maybe at times you could have just uh, stayed a little bit wider and be a little bit more patient, see if you could stretch the game. But um, you know, again, if if you've got the if you've got the the option of bringing on Stephen Davis, the option of bringing on Morelos, and still managed to win the game then, you know, Rangers fans have got to be not delighted with the performance, but they've got to be happy with the result, because ultimately that's what it's about just now. Yeah, Craig, can you not spin it the other way and say that Alfredo Morelos has had a bit of a rest so he's fresher, but he still comes on still gets the goal that's going to boost his confidence ahead of Sunday, has it not worked out perfectly? It's it's worked out um, in the end I, you know, they've got the three points you know, I think, seeing he's got a rest you know, I don't think, and I don't know what the guy's saying, I don't think, had Morelos not picked up his red card for his little bit of stupidity against Motherwell, I don't think that Stephen Gerrard would have rested him against Hibs on Friday. And I don't actually think that he wouldn't have started him today. He might have brought him off in the same way that Neil Lennon did with Odson Edward, um, thinking about Sunday, absolutely. But I don't actually think, had he not been forced to bring the four on on Friday, that the four would have then played then and today because he did play well on Friday before and I'm not having a go at him because I think he's a fantastic player but I think had Morelos not been suspended I don't think he'd have been getting the, the rest he was getting anyway yeah, you know, uh, Jim today was always going to be like this it was always going to be partly about the three points but as soon as the final whistle goes everyone thinks about what's next and what comes on Sunday how did today set Rangers up for Sunday does it have any impact at all on the way they go into Sunday I don't really think so. I mean, I mean, listen, Stephen Gerrard said before the game when Alec Dyer was taking, he said it's, they're more likely to go back to what they were before because they would do the same, the same sort of sessions. He said, you know, leading up to the game, which was exactly right. They played exactly how you know you would have expected a team from last season's commander to play, if you want to call it that, in the shape. But they got the job done. Not, not perfect. But you're not going to be perfect all the time. Um, you've got. I mean. We compliment Celtic at times for, for knowing how to win games and not their best and all stuff. So I think you've got to compliment Rangers today for not being at their best. Still good enough to win the game, still the better team, but not not their, their best, but, you know, had enough. In terms of getting into the game at the weekend, yeah, I mean, he knows he's, they've got to play to a, a, a level of performance that they played in the, the cup final, that they played against Hibs. Um, but, you know, was, I obviously not seen the Celtic game, but, you know, Neil Lennon will be saying the same, you know, they, they've got to play at a higher level, you know, so... You know, I think you just get the job done today. And uh, as I said, it's, it's an awkward time. The guys have been training yesterday. You know, maybe, you know, sometimes these type of days, they can be a wee bit flat. Um, but ultimately, the, the, the game at the weekend, no, I don't, I don't have any bearing other than the fact is it keeps the points, the points differential the same. And I think they'll still get into the game relatively confident, knowing that, the, the you know, they're, they're still on a good, a good run uh, in terms of picking up points. So Craig Beattie, the Celtic go into this in a very similar Situation then Not being at their best today Get the three points Or do If you're comparing the two Do you cut Celtic a bit more slack If that's the right phrase Because they were away from home um, No I, I wouldn't suggest so Because They certainly weren't at their best today there, there was little moments in the game Where there was moments of quality But as a whole there, there wasn't a huge amount of quality On display today And you know As I previously mentioned Julian struggled with the with the physicality up front that, that St Man had to offer. Um, although Fraser Foster was was really troubled, if I'm honest. Um, but Celtic weren't their best today, and and ultimately they they got the three points. They kept their run going, and you know it's a case of similar to Ibrox. We, we we get ourselves back in for training. We we have a recovery session tomorrow, and you know we we'll look we we'll look for the game on Sunday. I think Craig on the line was exhibiting the start of old firm anxiety. From 
Now I do Sunday People will be irritable Won't be able to sleep properly Won't be able to hold down solid food <laughs> It's a it's a trying time to be a fan But it'll be alright On that note Thank you very much to Craig on the line Let's move swiftly on And get the thoughts of Robert in Guruk Hi Robert Hi Seasonal greetings to all of you Yeah same to you My Robert My thoughts about Thank you My thoughts about Morella's stop playing today Was to protect them From next week In case we had another Moment of madness uh, The way Kilmarnock set up The state rangers Alfredo could have been very frustrated If he'd been on from the start And I think Had we scored earlier He wouldn't have come on at all so that's my view of why he wasn't playing today. It's always we're guessing, of course, and but only he, the manager but he, knows. But he did play. You know, he, had, he was on the park for half an hour. Therefore, you know, yes. he could have been anything. He could have been injured. He could have been sent off. He could have been booked. He did play, and for half an hour. So, you know, this bit about Kilmarnock and the way they set up, the referee can add time on. Jim Duffy's right. Alec Dyer is there to do his best for Kilmarnock And if they want to try and stonewall it For 90 minutes That's their prerogative And by the same token You have to come up with a, a plan That beats their stonewalling So Kilmarnock are perfectly entitled to do what he did Stephen Gerrard has played them like a violin He's brought on Morelos at the right time He scored the goal Rangers have got their three points Everybody should be happy Jim how did Morelos look when he came on? Just the usual type of performance you would expect? Yeah I mean again as I say There was a couple of things you know that he, Obviously his movement with the goal As I said it was almost identical movement When he tried to win the goalkeeper And the keeper saved it um, one, Another one where he, he's, he's tracked back into the, the I think it was um, um, Alan Power I think it was And he nicked the ball off him And then, and then he went through And uh, he, he had the shot deflected He probably should have laid that one in For Greg Stewart Who was slightly wider of him so yeah, I mean, he looked lively, he looked sharp, but you know, just just a, a wee thing, you know, it was only on for that half hour, and sometimes it does, it takes a wee bit of time, but just at, towards the end of the game, you just seen his hands on his thighs bending over, blowing a wee bit, and I think sometimes, you know, but you've not had that game for a couple of times, he needed that half hour, uh, but he did look sharp, I have to say that, he did look he did look sharp, and he did make a difference to Rangers, but no, I, I mean, it wasn't an overly aggressive game today, I, I mean, there was one little instant, again, a tango with Alan Power, Alan Power got up and kind of beat in, and Mariela just got up and just calmly jogged away, um, so no, I, I, I don't agree that it was because of how Kilmarnock would have played or just you know, tried to stay for the game I think it was just Stephen Gerrard's choice perhaps on the back of the, the Hibs performance and, and obviously with the, the old firm game coming up just saying look, you've got another chance to go and express yourself and put yourself in the frame um, for the for the weekend I think he's got a wee bit of thinking to do for his team selection for, for uh, does, he, does he start with Stephen Davis again you know who's been out for a while um, you know and, and obviously everybody thinks that Marielis will start the game I don't think there's any doubt about that uh, these controversies often grow as the days go on and everyone gets a look at the highlights. Kilmarnock unhappy feeling that the goal was offside. You'll have only seen it once from up there in the press box, of course, Jim, but uh, initial reaction? Yeah, it did. It, it's just simply because Ryan Jack's done it a few times where he gets that little ball and he's a little reverse pass inside the, the fullback to Aribo and then he's played another little pass and Mirelis picked up, run about the corner of the six yard box, maybe just inside, but he just turned and finishes as he does, really sharp, but he 
just looking from where we were, he looked. It's hard to see whether his, his time is perfect or whether he's a, a step offside. But anyway, the lines was right in line with it. Didn't put the flag up, but every, I mean, all the commanders. And then when Morelos was running away to celebrate, a wee glance over to the linesman, so he must have knew it was tight. So it was definitely tight, but you know, obviously impossible for Varam to decide whether it was 100% uh, off or not. But uh, in either way, um, the goal stood and. And Rangers have got the three points, but the command up players definitely all run to the the ref. And as I say, Gary Dicker get booked for protesting, and uh, they certainly weren't very happy about it. But I mean, I suppose we'll have to see on TV um, later whether it was the right call or not. Robert, how does it set you up for Sunday? Then is this perhaps not the not the, the confidence swaggering performance you were hoping for, or was it all just about getting the three points and moving on to the big one on Sunday? It was getting the three points and moving on, and I don't think. It'll much affect on Sunday. I think all their own games stand on their own. Well, mystified where you thought I was complaining about Kilmarnock. All I was saying was that if he's on from the start and was involved in getting physical, there was a chance of him being on the dog and missing the game. And that must have been, in my opinion, in the manager's thinking. I, I can't remember complaining about Kilmarnock playing any way they like. You you said that Alfredo, had he played from the start, might have got frustrated by Kilmarnock's tactics, by their approach to the match. Kilmarnock are perfectly entitled to go there and line up however they wish. And the referee has it in his power to book people for time-wasting. I don't think he was talking about time-wasting. He just meant in terms of if you don't play him for as long, he might not get sent off. And therefore he'd be free to play Well if people go on about his hair trigger temper If he's on the park for half an hour Plenty of time he the bother Robert thank you very much for the call 01419511025 Ken is a Celtic fan What did you make of that today Ken? I actually thought they were a bit lacklustre today They've played a lot better Maybe they did have uh, the uh, Sunday game in mind But yeah I thought they were a bit uh, Tired Probably be the best work, and they're looking forward to the break. Let me but put that. Let me, let me put it to Craig Beatty, who was there. Craig, did did Celtic look tired? Is that fair from Ken? Uh, they, they may well have looked a, a little bit jaded. Yeah, um, I certainly wouldn't disagree with Ken. Uh, they, they scored a, a couple of goals in the first half, and to be honest, the game went pretty flat after that. As I said, there was moments of quality throughout it, but after Celtic had their, their two goal lead. The, you know the the game went really flat. Um, there wasn't a lot of chances. Fraser Foster's was untried. The shots from outside the box from Celtic, little glimpses now and again, and flashes that the game could take off, but it, it never really materialised. Um, and obviously the deflected goal, and I think the sort of eighty seventh, eighth minute there, um, which beat Fraser Foster. So th- there was more life in, in the game for the last three or four minutes, uh, including the stoppage time, than there was actually for the majority of the rest of the match. Mark Wilson, does this sometimes though come down to? Key moments, fine margins within games. If the offside flag doesn't go up, and I would need to see it again, but it looked tight. People already suggesting they think Douglas Ross got it wrong. Yeah. So if that doesn't go up, and Edward makes it three, or Cladkey doesn't manage to stick out that glove and, and deny Frimpong, people maybe don't accuse Celtic of looking tired. No, of course not. So because you know, we sometimes are a bit. Um, yeah, because the result, the result sometimes just masks. What the performance is If it's 3-0 and, and you end up Grabbing another 1-4-0 And people say Oh it's great Going to St Mirren 1-4-0 But There were times that Even in the first half It was sloppy St Mirren I thought It started okay Celtic got the goals At good times uh, And when they needed to But 
there was no hiding that there was slack moments in the second half. You know, particularly Julian, who was getting involved in things he didn't need to get involved in. And the, the worrying thing for Neil Lennon in that, in that situation, he's okay now, but Julian was putting himself in a situation that could have cost his team on Sunday, where he, he, looking at the TV pictures again, I think he's very lucky yeah. not to receive a red card for that. And that was a frustrating thing. And they just couldn't get in their stride. I, I said it during the game, they were round the box plenty of times and wide areas plenty of times, but just couldn't quite Mark, pick that, that last option. You're saying there, and people are going, well, they're flat, they're tired. I think that's total nonsense. They got 2 0 up. They controlled the game. If you look at St. Man over the 90 plus minutes, they had one effort and one um, deflected header that went in the back of net for a free kick that Julian gave away a cheap free kick. I thought Celtic looked very comfortable the day they got on. I even I heard the uh, was it Craig saying oh they they didn't play at their best against Aberdeen I was at, I was at the game against Aberdeen in no time the world was Aberdeen ever got to beat them this is a team that's gone what 10 11 games undefeated I don't uh, tired but, uh, but you can still win the games and I don't say they look tired I, I think no, they were slack at times uh, yeah but a caller said that, that, Ken, that Ken on the line Gordon said that and, and, and for me I think what backs that up what Ken is saying is the amount of turnovers and transitions in the game today I don't think there was a lot of sustained pressure I think it was a little bit end to end and the ball was given away quite a lot so so there might be an element of physically or mentally tired because Celtic don't normally give the ball away that, that often uh, Ken the guys in the studio saw some faults in Christopher Julian's performance would you defend your, your man or would you go along with him? No no I would go along with him I think he, I think he was lucky you know, some, some tackles in fact I don't think he you should have gone for it. I mean, also, I was a wee bit lucky as well. Um, although, Jonathan O'Keeva was was quite tough on the trail, I thought. You you could make out a case for uh, Obika being sent off. You could make out a case for Julian being sent off. You could make out a case for saying that uh, Douglas Ross got it wrong in terms of uh, disallowing what would have been Celtic's third goal. So, the officials didn't cover themselves in glory. Thank you very much to Ken in Canvas Lang on the line. It's 01419511025. We're going to start hearing from today's managers. The thoughts of Neil Lennon are coming next. The games are over. The talking begins. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, Gordon DL, Craig Beattie, Jim Duffy, all here, all waiting to take your calls. You're spoiled for choice. Um, it's. 0141-951-1025 in the phones It's at Clyde SSB on Twitter And we do have a few tweets coming in Let's take a look at what's going on there uh, Graham R Says it was a difficult game today Every team who come to Ibrox With the exception of Celtic Put 10 men behind the ball On a Rangers attack And hope to get the goal on the counter Persistent fouls Time wasting from Kelly Time wasting 10 minutes into the game From Brunescu uh, and Stephen says Lennon constantly shoehorning Cham into the 10 role Our best attacking three are Johnson, Christie, Forrest Why can't he see this? Gordon DL's completely wrong The shape is all over the place Just to play in Cham And we don't create the chances He says we do Sort it Neil Yeah well I'd agree with that Agree with it? Yep Right I'd okay. agree with so Again Rangers going Johnson Christie in the middle and Forrest. So you're disagreeing with Neil Lennon, who's won and you, a, won yeah. a couple already. Yeah, and me has won a couple already. Okay, didn't play particularly well, but still got the cup and has gone. Is it eleven? I might be wrong. Eleven games undefeated, sitting five points ahead of Rangers in the league. 
And all of a sudden We have got the breaking money they're telling him he's got it yep. wrong with yep. Gordon yep. Gale. I'm not yep. having you're an, un- you're an unemployed manager, so does that mean that you can't ever <laughs> criticise <laughs> anyone else? I don't yes, think there's any need for that. Yeah, but, there, Gordon. but on a serious note, you're allowed to disagree with Neil Lennon. It's all right, it's fine. Only if he's getting his results wrong, but he seems to be getting his. How can you? How can you argue with a guy who's sitting five points clear? Okay, it could have, because, because well, there's done. always room well, for improvement. Is it, not? Well, he could have won he's that already game got, He's way, already got way. a cup in the bag. Yeah, and you're saying, well, What's the cup got today? I think Celtic. I'm just saying. I think Celtic play better and create more chances where. Uh, a white guy like when do, Mikey when, Johnson or Elgin Mousey or games Mikey and Christie in the middle and Forrest on the right. How many games Mikey Johnson started this season? That's all I'm saying. How many games has he started? All I'm saying is I think they create more chances when so they play that way instead of shoehorn and jamming. Because they've not played in that system. But Neil's only How? changed it to this system recently. So the proof in the pudding is no, everything that's gone before Elgin Mousey. Mark, he's, how many games? Yeah, is so Mike, how many? Elon so Nussie you scored? went Mikey Johnston there. Well, Elian is injured, injured, so he can't injured. play. But there's no proof that Mikey Johnston. Pl- I like Mikey Johnston. Let me say, <laughs> doesn't it sound like I, you like him? I know, I do, but I think he's doing a ju- good job coming off the bench. What I'm saying is, you can't have that by saying, "Well, I think that's the best system and the best players," when they really haven't played as a team mm. like that. Because Forrest, Christie and uh, Mikey Johnston have hardly played this season together. I think you're getting some support from Gary on the line though. Gary's in Blantyre. Hi, Gary. Hi, uh, hi lads. Uh, Merry Christmas to you all. Hi, Merry Christmas to you, Gary. Hope it was a good one. Uh, it was not bad. Um, a wee bit better today as well with Celtic <laughs> winning. Um, I'd just like to, I'd like to agree with Gordon. Um, in the last two games, uh, we've heard oh, Celtic have played well this and that but um, there's something like 40 attempts in goal in the last two games um, ok we're not putting the ball in the net as much as we should have but today was very comfortable very comfortable it's probably as comfortable in a way when probably since Ibrooks the 2-0 game um, so I just I don't see the the kind of cause for concern definitely no concern I think we played not too bad today the stats tell you that there's no no room for concern none at all Gordon's quite right 11 league games won in a row Exceptional uh, The manager Has in less than a year Won all three major trophies In the country uh, He Is doing A remarkable job Everything is about Sunday now uh, Because we'll find out then Whether Sham uh, Is able to Deliver a performance That helps Alter the course of the match In Celtic's favour Or whether Mikey Johnson might have been a better bet Everything is about Sunday now Because Celtic win They go 8 points clear Albeit having played a game more It's a heavy psychological advantage Celtic lose The lead is down to 2 With Rangers having a game in hand And the arithmetical possibility Of going to the mm. top of the league So Gary does this mean you'd be happy To go with the same starting eleven today On Sunday You'd be happy with that? Uh, I think so um, I don't think there's anything to change I think and Cham's come in the last few games And he's played kind of really well And he, he, he likes the big games I think And Cham uh, Generally plays well in the bigger games um, He turns up I think in the bigger games And he has done so before Against Rangers I'll tell you what Let's hear from Neil Lennon shall we He has been Oh it's just disappeared I'll get you Neil Lennon in just a second um, Craig Neil Lennon We're about to hear from him You can do your you can do your prediction Is this the type of game Given that Sunday is coming up Where he'll Focus on the positives And 
and try and remind the team of all the things that Gordon's been saying about the, the wins and the, the the form that they are on, um, just to, to keep that momentum going ahead of Sunday? Yeah, I, th- I think we'll, we'll hear a positive Neil Lennon. Um, 11th consecutive Premier League win with the Rangers game coming up on the weekend on Sunday. Um, I think there'll be a lot of positives in there. I don't think there'll be there'll be too many negatives will come from Neil Lennon. He'll be relatively happy with what he's seen today. The, the moments of quality that won them the game. Um, and there will be bits that he'll be disappointed in. I'm, I'm sure he won't elaborate on them too much in his press conference. Uh, there we go. We're going to hear from Neil Lennon very soon. Uh, indeed we are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB Don't forget that uh, You can join us on the lines On 01419511025 um, Be a bit of a split in Scottish football today Hugh if you're going for happy and unhappy oh. You would look at Jack Ross being happy Daniel Stendhal absolutely not yeah. You would have Stephen Robinson in the happy camp Along with the likes of um, Tommy Wright Brian Rice on the other hand So um, it's been an interesting day all round Yeah well Obviously the, the, the biggest controversy of all Is Daniel Stendel and Hearts Bottom of the league Four defeats in a row Under a new manager No bounce there whatsoever uh, And a trip to Pataudry now On Sunday If it's five defeats on the bounce It's officially crisis time And he has to bring in players In the January window Who can turn this around very quickly Or else By the end of January if there are still no wins, I think Hearts may consider a panic move mm. and get rid of them and bring in somebody who can save them from relegation. Even though he didn't get them into this mess? Well, he said the last four games and lost everyone. If he loses five in a row, six in a row, you are entitled to say he hasn't arrested the decline, he's accelerated the decline. Yeah, but I mean, the, the type of mess Hearts are in, does that not take months and years to get into and then you're asking a guy to get out of it within four I games? Think, I think you've been really unfair, Hugh. I understand your argument, but I think you've been really unfair. You bring a guy in, yes, the results and the the impact right away hasn't happened. I totally, I'm totally with you there. But if you're going to bring that guy in, you've got to give him an opportunity for January for his transfer to see what players he brings in, what he brings to Tynecastle. Uh-huh. Now... Now you're saying Well what happens If he recruits badly It doesn't mean You can get rid of him Bring someone else Going to guarantee you They well, will Craig recruit Levine's well. a big part Of the recruitment anyway yeah, so. yeah that's where I feel for this Hearts manager You've got to clear The corridors first and foremost Of Levine And Austin McPhee Before you can let This guy go about his business Right let's hear from Neil Lennon then Speaking after the 2-1 win In Paisley um, he was also asked about Dave Cormack's comments I believe that Aberdeen chairman tweeting about Christopher Iyer let's hear some of what Neil Lennon had to say probably should have won the game by more and their goalkeeper made some great saves second half obviously a 2-0 I won't say there's any anxiety around but there's always a chance that St Mirren could score or get a bit of luck which they did with the goal and that happens but uh, yeah, it's a pretty comfortable performance you know and I would like a bit more emphatic scoreline but um, they're giving us everything at the minute they're playing very well Creating good chances, a little bit of mental fatigue maybe at the end, which I get. But great win keeps the run going, and we look forward to Sunday night. What did you make of Dave Cormack's comments? Well, I've yeah. touched on it before. I'm not happy about it. I think it's embarrassing for him to basically lie about my player's actions. Chris was the victim of it, and uh, he did nothing wrong. The kid's a model professional, outstanding professional. You know, for a, a chairman or an owner of a club to come out. And says something like that. We're not tolerating that. We're not happy about it at all. Do you think uh, yes, a facial record? Yes. Well, I do. 
it's totally irresponsible and not factually correct. So maybe he's telling lies. Was Christopher aware of it or is he bothered? I don't think so. Um, looking at his performance today, no, wouldn't have no. thought so. It made me um, very angry because we've been very balanced about the whole thing. For him to come out and attack one of my players like that, Chris of all people, he's a model pro, you know, is naive to say the least. Yeah, I can understand uh, Neil Lennon's displeasure. You cannot have chairmen or club owners coming out and discussing football matters in this way. Uh, every time Peter Lowell opens his mouth, he's accused of running Scottish football. Now, I've never heard Peter Lowell make any mention of an opposing player or an opposing manager. You've got the manager of Celtic now calling the chairman of Aberdeen a liar. And he's called them that on more than one occasion today. Now, that's Neil Lennon's opinion. He will stand by that. But if we are going to have a situation whereby chairmen are discussing what should and should not have been a red card incident and managers accusing them of being liars, you're on a very slippery slope. Jim Duffy, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. The defence would be... Dave Cormack's sticking up for Aberdeen He's looking after his own interests But Neil Lennon there have been quite clear He thinks he's overstepped the mark And wants the Scottish FA to look into it What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, Dave Cormack um, can stick up for Aberdeen But I'm with you I, I think it's, it's you stick up for him if he feels If you've maybe been aggrieved in the, in the bigger picture If you want to call it that You know, if you think maybe You know, you might you might be vague with your comment You might think, well, we don't think we've had many decisions That's went our way Something like that But to, to actually condemn Christopher Ayer for me it was a straight red I have to be honest with you I didn't even see any any debate about it at all he's the, he's, you know, the speed he goes in he's, he's not in control he's endangering an opponent if Ayer doesn't jump out of the way he could get severely injured so I, I can't even believe that a guy chairman or no chairman um, would, even, would even you know contemplate suggesting that um you know that a, a player would be, is feigning it or whatever whatever phrases he use. So no, I think yes, yeah, stick up for your club in, in a lot of areas. But when it comes to situations like that, and no disrespect to Dave Cormack, I don't think he knows heading about what would be would be a a, a a tackle or you know how to approach things or you know that that side of it. So I think that um, as, as you said, stick to the matters, which is running the, the, the football club, the business side of it, and allow Derek McInnes and. Um, you know the players um, to deal with the football side, and I think that that's I think that's what every football manager wants. You know, they want the support from the board, the backing of the board. Yeah, or by all well manner, stick up for your team in, in those in those aspects, but leave the leave the football decision to the football people. Well, let's speak to Sean, who's a Rangers fan. What's on your mind tonight, Sean? Hi, Sean. Can you hear us? I'm going to take that as a no That was Sean Well it wasn't Sean on the line We tried to get Sean on the line I'm sure we'll speak to him um, In just a second The Oh was he back? I'm getting the thumbs up now I was about to bring Hugh Keevans back As uh, Sean's replacement But I think Sean is here Sean can you hear us now? I can hear you now Good man I am Seeing Sunday I think Rangers Need to go in Sunday It's a must win Or we can kind of Maybe forget about winning the league And that's a worrying thing And I think if we don't win the league this year. Steven Gerrard will be off way back down to England. Oh, it's quite a doomsday scenario, Sean. Now, bear in mind, you're going to have a game in hand. So even so, you're not even settling for a draw. Imagine it was a draw. It's still five points. And then Rangers were to win their game in hand. It would be down to two points. And you don't think that could be over overturned? I think the, the nerves would kick in. I think, because I don't think Celtic will lose any man two games this season. 
because see, see when Celtic don't play well, which the day I watched it on, I can't remember if it was on Sky or BT, and see, Celtic didn't have the best games, but they know how to win games. We, we get poor nervous, and the day he left the machine on the bench, he brought him on, I think, the sixth of minute in the scores. Well, you know, again, we've got anxiety kicking in here. Uh, obviously, if Celtic win on Sunday, it's a massive blow to Rangers and it's a huge psychological uplift for Celtic and the fans. But if Rangers win, right back in the melting pot because only two points of a difference, Rangers with a game in hand and the arithmetical possibility of going to the top of the league. So I understand it's huge. And Sean, like all other supporters, is getting very anxious. There's only three sleeps to go. I, I think if Steven Gerrard loses a game on Sunday, he comes under big pressure to lose three games against Celtic before the new year. It's huge. When the money you've spent and invested in that side and the optimism around Ibrox, but going three times against your greatest rivals and, and not beating them, um, or losing to them, should I say? I, I think that brings it under pressure from, you know, sections of, of your support. So, I think Gordon, what you said there, a draw is no disaster for Rangers. But going there and getting beat, I think that would be huge. Right, Sean, thank you very much for the call. That was Sean on oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Just before we get back to the football, some things are a bit more important than football. I know it doesn't seem like it in this part of the world, but something I really want to tell you about is that, I don't know if you knew this either, what a stat this is, every single day, Scotland needs 442 people to give blood. Every single day. Do you, got, do you happen to know your blood type in the uh, studio? Uh, no, 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 I don't no. know. There you go. Well, you should find out, because knowing is like discovering a secret power. It can help everyone in these patients who need it the most. For example, uh, O positive is the most common. There you go. Bit of, bit of blood-related knowledge for you. It means you can give it to people uh, any time. So basically, a single donation can make a huge difference to blood stocks. Just something we wanted to tell you about this afternoon. You can see which types are most needed on any given day by visiting the website. And to find out where and when you can give blood, go to scottblood.co.uk. We're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard next. After they play... You have your say. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL, Mark Wilson, and Hugh Evans are in the studio. Craig Beatty and Jim Duffy still out there at the grounds as well. If you want to get your calls in, please do it quickly because we're running out of time. And if you would rather tweet, you can find us at Clyde SSB. Stephen Gerrard's been speaking after that 1 0 victory against Kilmarnock at Ibrox. Alfredo Morelos off the bench to secure all three points. Here's what his manager had to say I'm delighted because we get exactly out of that game what we got at Hibs, and I was delighted at Hibs. So big three points, clean sheets, and on we go. Apologise if it didn't look pretty for the supporters, and it wasn't three, four, and five. But um, I'm going away very happy because it's a win and a clean sheet. I know we talk about them all the time, but Alfredo coming off the bench, another goal and another big moment. That's what he gets paid to do. He gets paid very well to do that. He's been doing it from the start of the season, and I predict he'll continue to do it till the end of the season. And um, we speak about him most weeks, most games, because he's such a fantastic footballer. At Hibs, it was about Defoe and Kent and Rebo. Today it'll be about Morelos. That's what being part of Rangers has got to be about. You, you expect your, your players in the final third to provide the moment of magic and he stepped up at a big time for us. We, we set out to entertain and to play well and for it to look brilliant on the eye, of course we do, but 
teams are not just going to allow that every single week. You've got to give credit to Kilmarnock. You know, they defended resolutely. They were getting blocks in. A lot of men behind the ball. They were defending really well. They had no ambition to win the game, but we have to accept that. Teams are going to come here and just try and steal points away from us. You know, he, he went on record and said that before the game. Last year, they got a draw and a win here, so... We have to accept that. Killy done it very well for a lot of the game and we had to force the goal and we did it. So we're learning, but we have to get used to that because a lot of teams will come and do that after the break as well. Stephen, there was also reports from France that come in contact with Olivier Giroud about a possible move today. Olivier Giroud, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting linked with some good players, like. I don't know nothing about it, to be honest. Uh, if someone knows something about it, uh, give them my number. I've, that's the first I've heard. There you go, I think that just about answers that one Unless he's keeping his cards very close to his chest I don't know if you saw these rumours about Olivier Giroud on social media But Stephen Gerrard didn't sound like a man who who no. knew anything about that No, he's ridiculed the whole thing So i put that one to bed There we go uh, Jim, I guess that sort of matches your assessment of the game Where yes, it wasn't pretty But the three points were the priority I thought that delivery room was a delivery. It was somebody delivered the fast food or something like <laughs> that. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, as he said, they had the job to do and they got the job done. He said it wasn't brilliant. I mean, I don't think he had to apologise to the fans. I mean, they, they, as I said, they tried to win the game. They, they forced the, you know, the issue. Um, they knocked on the door several times, and you know, uh, you know, Branesco did nothing to do in the first half, but two or three good saves in the second half. Now, not brilliant, but good saves. As I said, in another day, and again, fair play to Commander, they did, they threw themselves in, they blocked, you know, they recovered well when they made when they made errors, when they lost the ball in midfield, they, they really put in a shift for Alex Dyer, I was really impressed by their attitude today, and then when they brought Eamon Brophy on, he riled them up a little bit, different type of player, you know, getting back into Katic and getting, a, getting, a little, getting a, a little bit frustrated, but without, again, only one effort, really, from Alan Power, which is a comfortable save for, for Alan McGregor, so, over the piece, as, as the manager said there, um, you know, Clean sheet, three points. Move on to Sunday, and um, you know it's uh, you know it's, it's another another massive challenge for Rangers because they've got to try and go over that hurdle. As, as 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 Mark was saying there, you know if you if, if they lose three times and you know before the turn of the year to the the biggest rivals. I mean Stephen Gerrard's not going anywhere. He's just signed a new contract to do to twenty four, I think. But um, but nevertheless, you know he he is a manager will want to go there and um, have his team playing at their very best to give themselves a chance and Celtic 11 wins on the bounce again outstanding for them so all to play for on Sunday William is a Celtic fan on the line what's on your mind tonight William? Hello good evening guys he's eight two years old yeah, Thank you William uh, It's just uh, I, I hear you uh, having a wee bad discussion about the Celtic balance uh, for me at the start of the season the, the, the three behind Edward would have been uh, Johnson Christie and Forrest so uh, whether that changes, I know. I know Rodjick has been playing in there way, Christy, as well, playing on the right. Uh, for me, sometimes then Cham sort of a drops out the game sometimes. And if you want, if Celtic wanted to go a wee bit more, more defensively, they could bring in Beaton, you know. But I, I hear what Gordon's saying. I think there's a there's a good chemistry and a good balance between Forrest and McGregor. I think they they're really good together, even though Forrest is playing on the left hand side. I think that between they between they two and the runs off each other, they're creating a lot of chances. So I can understand where Gordon's coming from. But for me, I would say, I would probably say Johnson, Johnson, Christie and Forrest behind me, behind Edward for me for, for the game. And I think it's great it's great that Celtic are going into next year and they'll be top of the league uh, getting into the, the winter break. Craig Beattie, what about Olivier and Cham specifically today? Because there's always a bit of debate about him and 
how and where he fits into the Celtic team. How did he do today? Uh, he'd done okay. Um, he played slightly higher up than, than Brown and McGregor. Um, he had three or four shots from outside the box. If I'm honest, one of them looked like it, it could have went close, um, but it was comfortable in the end. Um, a couple went wide. Well, one went wide, one went over. Um, but he's getting into positions where he can affect a match. Um, I, I, I like him personally. I think he picks a nice pass. I think higher up the, the park, he can pick a nice through ball. I think the problem is that in an ideal world, if everybody's fit, Elianusi plays in the left, Forrest plays in the right, and Christie and Edward, uh, Christie playing as the number 10, have been fantastic all season. Elianusi's not there. So I think, you know, he's down to Mikey Johnson or Olivier and Sham. And I, th- I think he just, I think he trusts in Sham a wee bit more just as, as a senior player to go in there, to get in the middle of the park, to show things up, just to put that little bit of steel in the middle of the park. And he's always got the option of bringing Mikey Johnson on, who's a little bit more fleet-footed, a little bit more attacking. Yeah, he can change a game. Yes, he's exciting. But I think he maybe feels that if he does that from the start with Mikey Johnson and that's not worked then he's not sure what the plan B would be. And I think going the other way about with starting in Sham, you've always got the plan B of Micah Johnson's pace and, and enthusiasm to change the match. Just briefly then, for, for, to you three in the studio, is that Celtic starting 11 for Sunday, yeah. the one we saw today? Yeah. You'd yes. expect yes, it? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Not for me. I would I would still go Johnson, Christie and Forrest. But I, do I don't know. I, I mean, in Cham's done nothing wrong and he's been good this season. Mm. I just think against Rangers fullbacks at and home. Fi- why try and fix something that's not broken, Mark? Well, wasn't he broken before either? That's the thing. Michael Johnson's hardly played this season. Well, he's been injured. He's been yeah. injured. Yeah, but at, the start, yeah, yeah. at the start of the season, he was number one in that I, position. I think, I think, the, the jersey I think was Craig's his. spot on there. I think he's got it spot on by saying. I think Mikey Johnston just now I think he's a terrific player A young boy I think his best impact Is coming on And changing a game Just to get Where you're coming from Mark That's what What you would do Can you can you really see Neil Lennon though Building up to a game like this With a run of that Consistent Four Players And then changing it For a game like Sunday um, Listen I wouldn't put it past him uh, we've, we've been surprised In these games before Where players have been Started And it's not What you, you think So I wouldn't be surprised Put it that way If Neil thinks more About the game Rather than just mm. What's been before And With Rangers Being weak At full back Defensively um, With Tavernier And Barisic I wouldn't be surprised If he went with Two out and out wingers William thank you very much We're going to have to Leave it there Because we're a bit Short on time But please do feel free To give us a call back Anytime Let's hear from more Of today's managers I know one man Who'll be very happy Stephen Robinson A goal down All the way up in Dingwall On Boxing Day Missed out on their Christmas dinner last night But a turnaround in the end Winning 2-1 Here's what he had to say a Great reward for the, the amount of fans We brought up a long way On Boxing Day I, I, Look I thought we, we Thoroughly deserved it We had so many chances You know we probably Should have put the game To bed in the first half And found ourselves 1-0 down From not tracking a runner But um, I thought we showed A degree of patience um, And when we needed That little bit of quality You know Young Ross comes on I'm absolutely delighted for him Been great in training Done really well the reserves and our club at throw boys in and you know, he's certainly taking his chance and give us um, something you know we Chris Long missing today with injury Devontae Cole had a, a bug on Christmas day um, and Liam Domney so we were missing three of probably our, our starting 11 and um, it was a tough game I, I think you can see the players are playing for the, the managers here they, you know, they're know they doing something very right even when they went down to 10 men they made it very very difficult for us so you have to credit Ross County as well how how much they hung on and made it hard for us and were a threat in the counter attack as well uh, European tour was getting chanted for it then can you deliver no I um, I work on four game blocks and I know the press hate me for saying that so we've we've managed to get nine I think nine points out of this block um, and we, we you know we've, we're, we're into our next block which Hamilton starts the, the start of the next block 
block and that's all I try and do I try and get six points from each block uh, I've worked out that I'll probably get us in the top six if we keep doing that and that's all we can do at the moment Very methodical but he's in a decent position Hugh to take Motherwell to third going into the new year He is a fantastic manager and he has done a terrific job for Motherwell and if hearts go down and Budge will regret forevermore not going for the the man she should have gone for for the Hearts job uh, Gordon I think it was just a couple of hundred fans went up there on, on buses leaving early um, yeah, carrying yeah. on the Christmas celebrations shall we say the bus homes will be uh, the buses home I should say will be lively yeah and I know some of the lads uh, left about 7 o'clock this morning from Motherwell to go and support the team and I'm delighted the managers acknowledged that Gordon because they've rewarded them with a good trip down the road there's nothing worse going up there getting beat because it's a long, long way home. It certainly is. Uh, I think that will be time up for Craig Beatty and Jim Duffy. You can finally go, giving you the last 10 seconds of the show off. So thank you very much for your service in the cold this afternoon. Two big games in this area, one in Paisley, one in Glasgow. There was one in Dingwall, Aberdeen, one in Pataudry. St Johnston came to Hamilton and won. And we had an Edinburgh derby, which continued Hearts' misery, with Hibs winning that one 2-0 at Tynecastle. Hugh Keevans. We said at the top of the show There's something special About Boxing Day football yep. Sum it all up for us Everything now Is about Sunday Celtic Park 12.30 kick off If Celtic win They take an 8 point lead If Celtic lose Their lead is cut to 2 With Rangers having a game in hand The main man scored for Rangers today Alfredo Morelos But Celtic Record an 11th Successive League win It'll be a pivotal day it won't be a decisive day. The title will not be won on the 29th of December, but this could go a long way to determining who does get it. And we're back tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Hugh Keevens will be here joining myself and Alex Ray. We're going to look back on all of today's action and preview the big one on Sunday. You won't want to miss it. Get your calls in nice and early. Uh, we'll see you then. And Barry Wilkins is up next.